Francis and Lisa Chan had not been married long when they started to think that their marriage needed to have more of an outward focus rather than an inward focus. And we started letting people in the home and having people actually live with us. And ministry was in the house and our kids saw it. And the kids saw the miracles in these people's lives and the life change. And discipleship was happening 24 hours a day in our home. I mean, we were missional. We were praying and saying, God, what do you want us to do with this house? Like everything is with an open hand. But I think that's what so few couples do is they don't say, Lord, what do you want? Instead, they think, what do we want, and how can I justify that biblically? This is Family Life Today. Our host is Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. God can do some amazing things in the lives of couples and families who start to realize that marriage is about more than just the two of you. We'll talk to Francis and Lisa Chan about that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. Before we dive right into what we're going to talk about today, we've got just a couple days left in the special offer we're making to Family Life Today listeners. If you'd like to join us at one of our upcoming Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaways, coming to a city near where you live, you register before the end of the week and you'll save 50% off the regular registration fee. Uh, This is the last week we're making this offer. It's the best offer we make all year long. So if you'd like to save some money and have a great getaway together as a couple this spring, we're going to be in more than 50 cities across the country this spring, plan to join us and register now to take advantage of the special offer. Go to familylifetoday.com. You can register online or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to register if you have any questions. And block out a weekend where the two of you can... Just kind of tune into each other and tune everything else out for 48 hours. The Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway really is a great getaway weekend for couples. And uh, we'd love to have you register this week so you could save some money. Again, go to familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to register. Now, we have had uh, Francis and Lisa Chan joining us this week. And it's been fun to get a little dirt on this couple. You know, I mean, on on their marriage. Well, on Francis. <laughs> on Francis. I, That's I, true. I don't know that we've got any dirt I on I don't Lisa. think we've heard much on, on Lisa. Um, we don't have any more time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you. Glad you're here. Thanks. Francis and Lisa Chan have written a book, You and Me Forever, and uh, it's all about uh, marriage in light of eternity. In fact, you say something in your book, Francis, I want you just to comment on here. You say that it's important to love Lisa in light of eternity. Hmm. Explain to our listeners what you mean by that statement. Yeah, it's the same thing that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then I'm above all men most to be pitied. Like, I, I would live completely differently if there's no forever. If there's no eternity, then let's just enjoy. Let's just eat, drink, be merry. Let's just have a great little family, have a great time here on earth, and just think about us. But no, because there's a forever, now how do I love her in the greatest way? And because you're accountable to uh, the God who made (laughs) us. Yes, and made her for a reason. Right. And she made, and, and he made this marriage for a reason. It was for him. Everything was created by him and for him. 
And so we, we, I mean, this is what differentiates, is supposed to differentiate us from the rest of the world is that we're not living for this life. Mm-hmm. It's not about your best life right now. It's about, no, <laughs> I'm thinking about the future. I'm storing up treasure in heaven. That's why I says, don't, don't waste your time just building up and storing up treasures on earth where someone's going to steal it or it's going to fall apart. You got to insure it, everything else. <laughs> Store up this treasure in heaven. Really believe that you're going to be rewarded a hundred times anything you sacrifice and so if I'm thinking about Lisa's forever and her future, then I'm going to live a lot differently right here. Lisa, I had the opportunity a number of years ago to go to a group of friends, and I said, if you were going to share a passage from the Bible about marriage with a couple just getting started, and it couldn't be Ephesians 5, mm-hmm. couldn't be First Peter 3, couldn't be Colossians 3, kind of the big ones that we all go to, couldn't go there, what passage would you would you share with them? And two guys that I asked the question to independently gave me the same verse, and it was one that really surprised me. It was out of Psalm 34. They said, I used this verse to propose to my wife. And it was the verse that says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Mm. They said, we wanted to start our marriage saying, this is what we're getting married to do to magnify the Lord together and exalt his name together. That's the mission. That's the purpose statement for our marriage. And I thought to myself, I want to go back and do it over. I want to I want to propose with that verse in mind because I wasn't smart enough when I got married to have that at the center of what I was all about. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I just spoke last week for a group with um, young moms and I was reminding them, You know, you are more than a mother. You are more than a wife. You are a child of God. You are here for Him. And I know we're talking about marriage right now, but I was trying to get them to think outside of, even just in their everyday life, you belong to God and you're here, like it says in Ephesians 2.10, I think it is, you're His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He prepared in advance, right? Well, afterward, one of the moms comes up and she just says, you know, my husband and I, we both work full time, you know, we're kind of stuck. We have these jobs and this house and these cars and... We want to serve the Lord, but, but, you know, and I'm thinking, wow. And we were just talking about how we need to back things up and get people like that who think beforehand, who young people who will say, you know what? Our marriage is going to be about a mission. Our marriage is going to be about the fact that we're here for God. So we are going to make different choices. We're going to set our life up in a way that gives us total freedom to do whatever God asks us of us. And that is a message I long to get out to people who haven't done it yet, who aren't stuck right now. There are a lot of there are a lot of couples who are trapped. Yes. They're ensnared. Yes. And it, there's nothing worse than not being able to tell the Lord I will do anything or go anywhere for mm-hmm. you. That should be true of each of us, scary as it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm fearful sometimes of what the Lord will ask me to do, but I'm more afraid of not being able to do what he asks me to do. Who are we here for? So, Lisa, as you and Francis started your marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, how much on mission were you at that point? Did your marriage start with this agreement that you're going to be a part of the Great Commission, being a part of proclaiming Jesus Christ to a lost world? Yes. I think because... It was almost unintentional in some ways. 
I don't think I personally was thinking about discipleship and really putting my my mindset intentionally on how many women I'm going to disciple and bring to the Lord. It was more, we jumped onto this mission that God had given us in starting the church. So I thank God for that because I think in a way for me, it inadvertently put me on a mission. Our marriage started out that way. And then this growing sense of what we are here for and why we're, we are here and the joy that came from all of a sudden we are pouring our lives out for these other people, loving them, discipling them. We were put in a position of leadership and we needed to lead. And so it was so good for me. I'm so grateful for it. But the intentional mindset grew. It wasn't so much for me there right in the beginning. Francis, what about you? Because of my upbringing and because my parents and everyone died at such a young age, I had a more of an eternal focus. I always just woke up thinking, okay, this could be my last day. What am I going to do? You know, let me do whatever the Lord wants me to do today. And so it was my focus, and I was trying to bring Lisa, who had had different upbringing. And again, no fault to her, no fault to her parents. I mean, that's a typical American church teaching is this is all about you and let us cater to your needs and what kind of programs do you want in the church what do you you know it's all about you and uh so it's just it it was trying to get us deeply into the scriptures and say no what is this about why are we still alive why am i breathing right now someone's letting me breathe right now and i'm breathing for him i want to do everything for his glory so i did have some of that intensity in me from the onset I think from a young age because of what God let me experience. Well, it's one thing for two people who have that passion individually to get married. The the blending of that together and making it our passion together as a couple as opposed to my passion and your passion and we share a supper table and a bed. Mm. How have you merged mission together in marriage? Yeah, you know, for me, I grew up. I wanted to be a singer. I I sang in our church. I did some studio recording. So when we first, we'd been married maybe a few months, I was approached with this production deal, right? These guys were going to record me, produce me, put me out there. And um, I say that because I remember very expressly sitting on our bed that we now shared that this is my husband, that we have to make these decisions. I have to bring everything to him, with him, and I, I remember feeling like this is going to take us into totally separate ways. My mission, if you want to call that, or my dream was I'm going to be a recording artist. I'm going to sing and get to travel and do this. And here was my husband who God had called to start a church. And, and I felt the Lord very gently saying, you need to lay that down because I can't have you going in two separate directions. It makes no sense. And... There was such a strong sense from me, from the Lord, that it was not the right thing to do, and it was a hard thing. And I remember sitting there crying. I don't know if you remember that moment. And Francis was almost quiet because he thought, I don't want to take away this girl's dream, this girl that I love. And he knew I was a singer. I sang at his church. That's the first time he saw me. I was singing. But it was a really strong resolve from the Spirit, I think, that just said, don't go down two separate roads you know, be on mission together. Don't have two separate things that you're doing that's going to pull you apart. If you think, and I know this is, no no one knows, but if you think, had you made the other choice, 
let's say you decided, you know, let's just see where this goes, and you do the church, I'm, I'm going to do the recording thing, and we'll... How do, what do you think might have happened? I don't know what would have happened. I think what would have not happened is that we wouldn't have been so united by mm-hmm. our purpose, and I would have missed out on God moving and working through the both of us, and I would have missed out on being able to be in this supporting role that actually ended up bringing me a lot more blessing than what this limelight would have possibly given me. And so I think years later as he would speak, and then there was times I would come up and follow his message with a song, and I remember just feeling the joy of, wow, Lord, you've let me still use my gift for you, but in the context of joining my husband in ministry, rather than being down by myself, isolated on my own road. (laughs) Let's talk about for a moment. Just a person who's who's slugging out life as a couple, and they're going, you guys are talking about mission. My, my husband and I, my wife and I don't know any of what you're talking about. How can they get started, Francis, to begin to share? Uh, and that's what I'd want them to catch. They'd be infected with a love for Christ, but also being locked arm, lockstep together as a couple defined around that purpose of the Great Commission. And can they be on mission together if they're living in the suburbs and they've got two kids and, you know, kind of the ordinary life? Or does being on mission mean, no, you got to abandon it all and move somewhere else and live somewhere else in some other way? Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, because we live in the city and we did live in the suburbs, and I believe that we were missional. But we, the, the idea is surrendering everything like we've talked about to say, God, this is your house I mean, where do we see in Scripture that you're allowed to not show hospitality and say, no, this is my home. No one else is allowed in it. I mean, but that's the mindset I had when we first got married, though, because I remember, you know, her even discipling a gal, you know, after five o'clock. And I was like, don't ever have her in our house after five, you know, because I— believed in that whole lie that this home is protected oh. and, and I, we need our own time. My castle. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. And then, you know, you start reading scripture and go, where in the world would you get that? And we start letting people in the home and having people actually live with us and ministry was in the house and our kids saw it. And the kids saw the miracles in these people's lives and the life change and discipleship was happening 24 hours a day in our home. I mean, we were missional. We were we're praying and saying, God, what do you want us to do with this house? Do you want us to move into a bigger house so we can take more people in? Do you want us to sell the house, move into a smaller one, and give the money away? Like everything is with an open hand. But I think that's what so few couples do is they don't say, Lord, what do you want? Instead, they think, what do we want, and how can I justify that biblically? Mm-hmm. So the starting place for being on mission is to say, it's not about me. It's yes. about him. It's what do you want? But a lot of couples will say, well, but I I don't know what he wants because, you know, I prayed and said, Lord, whatever you want, and, and I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, well, I would say open the book. Open the—not our book, you yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, open that one too. But, you know, the in the scriptures, I mean, there's so many things. This is where we're so messed up as a church here in America, you know, being hearers of the word and doing nothing. You know, we're waiting for this voice from the Lord. Well, true religion is to care for the widows and orphans in their distress. Go adopt a kid. Why don't you just assume adoption unless the Lord screams from heaven, no, stop, don't do it. Shouldn't we assume if this is true religion, then everyone should adopt. 
I, I mean, I'm saying, why do we always defer to, you know, inaction? We just assume I'll do nothing until I hear a voice from heaven. No, just open the Bible, obey a verse, actually do it. And if there's a voice from heaven telling you, no, no matter what you do, don't help that widow, you know, then stop. But we, we do this opposite. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways. There's no voice from heaven going to say, don't yeah, help yeah, that exactly. widow, right? Yeah, exactly. And what I want our listeners to hear, there's a lot of ways to go near the orphan. You can go to the foster care system. They're in desperate need of foster care families. And frankly, the church of Jesus Christ ought to be emptying out the foster care system of children in state after state around our country. I mean, you don't have to adopt. You can just provide a family. For some of these kids, it may be the only family in their lifetimes they ever see what real love is all about. Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense to me that there are half a million foster kids that no one wants. And how many millions of churches are there? You know, it's it's like we've got over a million churches and we have half a million foster kids. That makes zero sense. So if every other church adopted one, we take care of it. But that's how pathetic it is right now. The most paralyzing thing I think for us as believers is fear. We're so afraid of what might happen. Well, what about my kids? What if I bring someone in, something happens to them? And I just want to encourage people that I'm just as afraid as you. And in fact, I told God, I do not want a teenage foster child. I believe that what's best for us and our family is to take someone that's younger. And what does the Lord bring to us but a teenage foster child. She has been the most amazing blessing. And if I talk about it for too long, I'll end up crying on the air. But just, you know, we cringe to think of saying no to that and what would have happened in her life. But I'm telling you, honestly, on the front side, I did not want to do that. But there's so much blessing in taking a step of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So take a step of faith, maybe even if it's not as grand as taking in a foster child, but do something that takes some faith. Go knock on your neighbor's door, bring them dinner, just say, I want to show some love to you. Do you need help? Can I help mow your lawn? Do some step of faith. Take some action. You just mentioned something there, and I appreciate so much your passion and tender heart about this because Barbara and I share that. We have gone near the needs of orphans repeatedly, and God shows up. When you get near the orphan, you find the heart of God. And it's a good thing because we're orphans too. Apart from the gospel adopting us into his family, we're spiritual orphans. Here's the question for both you, Lisa, and Francis. I like to ask people, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done in all your life? And courage is not battlefield courage necessarily. It's doing your duty in the face of fear. It's the very thing you were talking about. So what would you say is the most courageous thing you've ever done, Lisa? The most courageous thing you can do is say yes to something God is asking you to do that you are afraid of. There have been so many times I scramble to think of which one to share. I think about the time when we invited a man who had been in prison for six years and his family of three kids, his wife and three kids, to move in with us, to give them our master bedroom, to move upstairs with our kids and share that bathroom with all of them. That took a little bit of courage and it took dying to ourselves, and it took saying, you can have my bedroom and my bathroom, which was, you know, in one sense so stupid and dumb, but felt hard. And 
Letting go of fear, letting go of fear. That's the most courageous thing to do. You know, if you're a scaredy cat like me, you have to preach the truth to yourself. You have to preach verses like Second Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I, I have to say the truth of God's word to myself all the time because I will limit myself and I will refuse to say yes to God and I will be consumed with anxiety and fear in all these situations. But no, that is not from God. He gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So choose to say yes to God and to love someone. And Francis, before you answer the question, that causes me to think of a quote that Bob loves, one of his favorite quotes about preaching to yourself. And I'm not going to have it exactly, but Martin Lloyd-Jones says the biggest problem we face is that we spend more time listening to ourselves than we do mm. preaching to ourselves. Yeah. We say, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? When we should be saying, what is God telling me? And and, and Counseling your soul. Counseling your yeah. soul. Yes. And, and, but, it, but as you're describing that, I'm thinking as a husband, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm supposed to protect my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to, I'm responsible for providing for this family. And so, sweetheart, moving out of the upstairs bedroom, we're putting the prisoner and his family up there with the kids. There's just something about the— Are, pro- you, are, you, are you saying Francis hasn't protected his family? Well, well, how do you, you wrestle with that? Well, I do because we've had a lot of people live with us, but yeah. I could beat them all up until this guy— <laughs> I thought, honey, you're on your own. It's like, oh, man, he would kill me. You know, so it, 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 it was. It was definitely scary. But on the flip side, let me say— you know, two and a half, three years later, he is uh, running our ministry in San Francisco. Has He's dis- running your restaurant. Running our restaurant. It's head chef there. He's discipling like seven, eight different guys coming out of prison right now. He's a pastor. I mean, this is one of, one of my best friends now. Mm. So, yes, it was terrifying. But that's the way it always works, isn't it? You take that step of faith. And you have no regrets afterwards. I want to plug the I restaurant. Too. What is it? Pokey Pokey or something? What's it called? Huli Huli. Huli Huli. Pokey San Francisco. Come on down. It's on 3rd Street, right? Yes, 3rd Street. <laughs> all right. Show up down there and yes. tell them Family Life Today sent you. All right? That's right. All right, Francis, what's your most courageous thing you've you, ever done? You know, it's it's funny. You know, a lot of those things that scare me a little bit, but I, I'm not really that afraid of dying or, you know, this or that. You'll probably be surprised by this, but probably the most courageous moments are when I'm sitting on a plane with a stranger or talking to a neighbor, and I lay out the gospel one-on-one with them. That terrifies me. (laughs) That may just sound dumb to some people, but that's the hardest thing for me to be rejected and to just throw what out. I can stand in front of a hundred thousand people in a stadium. No big deal. You put me one-on-one with someone that I know is not used to hearing about Jesus and I'm going to lay it out for them. It still scares me to this day. It still takes courage. You know how many people just went, oh, I'm so good to hear him <laughs> say that. Here's what I want to share with you. You're in good company. Yeah. yeah. You no, just, we a- just recently asked a guy that same question. Hmm. Not just any guy but a NASA astronaut who was on the International Space Station. And I asked him, he's been to outer space twice. So he's, he's strapped a rocket <laughs> right. on and gone into outer space. He's he, floated he, out in, in yeah. nothing with the spacesuit and the tentacles on him. You oh, know? oh, yeah. Okay. So, so you with me? Yeah. Ask him the oh, same yeah. question. It's like you. He's going, sharing my faith in Jesus Christ yeah. is repeatedly 
the most courageous thing I ever do. Totally. And it's interesting. When I was younger, we didn't care for the poor. We didn't think about human trafficking, this or that. And so when we started doing that, it was a big deal. But now that's not really a scary thing to do. That's very accepted. You know, you're a hero if you do this. But you start sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. you're going to get shut down. Especially today, huh? Amen. It's, it's times are changing. Well, I just want to applaud you two and your book because I, I think you properly paint marriage with its noble, transcendent, God-imbued purpose that were made in his image, designed to reproduce a godly legacy, preach the gospel to the next generation, and glorify him in all that we say and do. And I just am glad you're using marriage to promote that kind of thinking because I think that's what's missing today. Amen. And I just want to thank you guys for being in the battle. And uh, Lisa, for following this guy, for saying yes to him. And Cra- crazy Francis. Well, right? that's crazy love Francis. Cra- <laughs> there you go. Maybe just drop the love part. I think crazy Francis. <laughs> but thank you guys for yeah, thanks all for you having do. us. Yes, thank you very much. We have got copies of uh, the book that Francis and Lisa have written. It's called You and Me Forever, and uh, you can order it from us online at familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY. Again, the website, familylifetoday.com, or call to order the book, You and Me Forever, 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And don't forget, this weekend is the wrap-up of the... uh, the special offer we're making for Family Life Today listeners, if you'd like to attend an upcoming weekend to remember marriage getaway, a two-and-a-half-day getaway for couples in a in a nice setting where you can relax and unwind and just have a couple of days together focusing on your marriage. Every marriage could use that, right? Well, if you'd like to save 50% off the registration fee, you need to sign up this week to take advantage of the special offer. You can sign up online at familylifetoday.com or call to register at 1-800-FL-TODAY. If you have any questions, give us a call or go to our website and plan to join us at a getaway. I tell couples all the time, most of us are more conscientious about making sure we change the oil in our car than we are about making sure we keep our marriage functioning the way it ought to be functioning. And marriage takes some time and effort and work, and this is a part of how you do that. So sign up this week and join us at a Weekend to Remember Getaway. Save 50% off the regular registration fee. Go to familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And speaking of marriage, tomorrow we're going to hear from our friend Alistair Begg, who has some thoughts about the solemnity of marriage and about the importance of understanding marriage as a covenant relationship. We'll hear from him tomorrow. Hope you can tune in for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a crew ministry. Help for today, hope for tomorrow.